Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. Our guy Kenny Rosenthal came out with a big article, and it's the end of the season. We're checking over unders. We're giving out our awards. What? Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball, presented by SeatGeek, myself, eight-year MLB veteran Trevor Plouffe, eight-year sex god BBD, welcome to Talking Baseball. We are in it, Trev. As this comes out, the regular season is over in a week, singular, one week from Wednesday the 28th. Uh, and so we almost had some housekeeping we had to do. We had to, we want to check in on A, a Talking Baseball favorite episode, the position draft, uh, as we do infield, outfield, the pitchers. It's a, there's some fun picks in there to discuss, and we'll give some love to some units we may have missed along the way. Oh, big unit. <laughs> I, I hate that he stole that nickname from you. Uh, <laughs> And then uh, our team over-unders, a final check-in to wish and hope to get some teams over or under the hump. So we've got something to root for. And like I mentioned, uh, our guy Rosenthal came out with an article. They really tickled your fancy, Trev, because he was talking about the toughest awards to pick. So we're going to pick them. Ooh. (laughs) So tough to give an award out. Come on, Kenny. After a buck 62 that voice you just heard was Trevor Plouffe from the Philadelphia Phillies. Trev, how are you? I was doing really good. I've had a great morning, done some stuff with C. Rosie, but this shirt just doesn't play on camera. I feel oh, like it's damn. distracting. Like people are going to be adjusting their computer screens. Is that where you watch YouTube? Yeah. I, you and I both <laughs> shirt game today. Even Beats, we good. got <laughs> it's. Uh, and with this was Can we not, not use this as the thumbnail? Yeah. Don't, don't do that. Let's get a picture of Kenny Rosenthal in the bow tie and just be like, Ken Rosenthal on yeah. the show? Question mark. One day we should have Kenny wear a bow tie with our faces on it. I think we could Ooh, make that happen. We could do that. So like, in essence, we'll be on TV with him. I like that. Maybe we should have okay. been wearing True Classic, Trev, because uh, they're the absolute... Best fitting tees a man can buy, not to mention Super Soft, a.k.a. The Story Ellie. When you're jacked, finding the right t-shirt can be incredibly frustrating. Boy, do I know it. Most t-shirts are too tight in all the wrong places or big, way too big and boxy. This is like, <laughs> this, is, this is me so much to a T. True Classic has figured it out, and they've helped over 2 million men get their fit at an affordable price. And our listeners, what if I told you I could get you 25% off with code BASEBALL at trueclassic.com? You know, one of my favorite things about this whole damn thing is that our promo codes get to be something like baseball. Like, that's (laughs) so, that's so good. That's so, that's so hip. so hip. True Classic, you've probably seen them around. If you're not, you got to check them out. They're your one-stop shop for all things menswear, polos, workout shirts with the same flattering fits. They even got some boxer briefs. Hello. 
So go check them out, trueclassic.com, with code BASEBALL. You get free shipping included on purchases over 100 bucks and 25% off. Go check them out at trueclassic, trueclassictees.com slash baseball. Trev? You're incredible. I love you so much. What, um... Our shirts look so bad. We, we should have planned this classic. out a little better. <laughs> we should have planned this. And you kinda, you're sitting at an angle, so you kind of look narrow, and I have kind of look like a goddamn box truck. There you um, go. That is better. Thanks for the advice so, right there. Yeah, Jeez. you look powerful. Uh, Trev, do you want to do our stuff or Kenny first? Where do you want to land the ship? I want to end with Kenny. Okay. I okay. think at the end, this is the whole thing with the Kenny article is he's saying there's some difficult decisions for the voters this year, you know, ranging from easiest to hardest. He put them. He said the easiest one, I believe, was the NL Cy Young. He believes Sandy Alcantara because of the innings pitched is just in the sheer dominance, really. He's the easiest uh, vote to give. Mm. And then you know, there were some hard ones. He says, it's really hard to do this. And I said to Jake, Let's do it. Let's do it. We, we a little diffy here. We can make the tough decisions. Well, Trev, then how about this? Let's let's do the position draft first because it's uh, I think it's become a talking baseball staple. BBD got linked to the Phillies, still is uh, because of the draft from two years ago, uh, and it was our way to try to do a creative thing to highlight some of the best units and compete. A little bit uh, where we can. And if you have no idea, we do this before the season. We do it draft style. And another one of the caveats is you can only draft one unit from one team. So if you were to draft the starting pitchers from the Dodgers, uh, like my guy Trevor Plouffe happened to, and they had the best starting pitching ERA this year, that's pretty good, but Trevor could not select... Uh, the infield catcher from the Dodgers, which our guy John Bino did. And so putting all of that in the pot, we tried to assemble the perfect teams. Um, Trev, I, I already complimented you off the rip. You took the Dodgers, um, and we've talked about it, and it's been one of the hot topics around baseball recently, if we're being honest, because they are such a wagon. Their starting pitchers don't, feel like they have the same name power. I mean, Kershaw was out for a chunk this year. Uh, Walker Bueller has missed most of the season. But the other guys, Tony Gonsolin, Catterday, your dude, uh, whether we're talking Anderson, I mean, Heen Dog, and now that Kershaw's back, he's still Clayton Kershaw, they have uh, the highest ERA, or excuse me, the lowest starting pitcher ERA in baseball. And as a regular season unit, uh, they have been the best. Yeah, I mean, I went into it thinking about you have to have some horses at the top. I like guys, frontline starters. I like that. And then after that, I look at what kind of depth do we have because injuries are going to happen throughout the season. And you're hoping, not like in Walker Bueller's case where it's season ending, you know, but guys are going to miss some time. Kershaw missed. He's got 20 starts right now. You know, probably he's going to end up missing 10 starts throughout the year, whatever that is. So... My thought process behind the pick was, yeah, we got Walker, we got Kirsch, we got Urias, and then we have the depth. And I we, we, I saw Tony, so that was funny at the beginning of the year. But 
those guys, the depth that I thought actually are the people that carried this um, rotation and, and and made me have a, a nice little victory in the rotation section here. Uh, Gonsolin has been incredible. Yeah, he's missed a little bit of time. They're hoping to get him back and feeling good. Uh, but he was been an, he was one of, if not the best pitcher in the National League for a better part of the season. Tyler Anderson has been incredible. Uh, Urias has been exactly who I envisioned him to be. I, I sprinkled a little bit on a NL Cy Young. He'll probably finish second or third in that this year behind Alcantara. But yeah, man, this this is this is what the Dodgers do. You know, Bueller goes out for the year, and there's just depth there. And and not only do they develop pitching, but they can identify what a, what a guy does well and can bring him over to the organization and really focus on that. And that's what they're doing with Heaney. Um, so I, I just they just have it all for me, and it worked out. Yeah, I mean, I I think there's really only one other team that could have been in conversation for the best rotations. And uh, that would have been a team that was not selected and was a miss by us. The Houston Astros, they did it again. I mean, Justin Verlander and what he's done, we're going to talk about him at the end of the show when it comes time to discuss awards. Uh, The Mets were really good as well. Obviously, Scherzer, DeGrom, Bassett, Walker, even some of their guys that filled in. Um, the Dodgers had a 2.75 ERA from their starting pitchers this year. Houston, three flat. Third place is Tampa at 3.47. So when you start to talk about that gap, and I know ERA isn't everything, but it's also the earned runs allowed up until this, you know, 154-game mark of the season, uh, and where those teams kind of planted their flag, it's it's unbelievable. They are a step above, and it, it shows in both their records. You took the Brewers. Great choice by you, but it just hasn't worked out. There has been some injuries, um, maybe not enough depth there. I think that's probably the number one issue here. Yeah, they, they ended up landing middle of the pack. Uh, got, got excited about the law firm. Remember how much we used to yeah. talk about the law firm, and we didn't really... We haven't talked about them too much this year. Uh, BBD had taken those Mets. Jimmy took the White Sox, which was a fun conversation last episode, that if you told the White Sox Dylan Cease was going to have the year he was going to have, never mind Johnny Cueto. I don't even know if when we did the draft. If he wasn't we, in the organization. If he was in the org, and he was really good for them. Uh, they end up, ERA-wise, they're battling for a top 10 spot, so it's... It's not bad, and I, 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 you know, it's a team that had a lot of other issues to point at than their starting rotation. But I, I think they ended up being a little under than what we expected from them this year. Um, yes. Some other teams that probably deserve a little bit of love that didn't get mentioned: the Rays starting pitching team ERA ended up being really good. Uh, the Yankees, uh, their their pitching staff did well. Nestor, my goodness, talk about. Talk about it. That season. surprises me. The overall numbers are as good as they are, but Nestor obviously is a big part of that. He's continued to shut people up, I guess, right? Nestor, Cole, there, there was a while early on this thing that the starting pitching really carried them. And then Seattle and Atlanta, you know, a lot of guys there. Um, Giants in Miami trying to sneak into the top 10 there. Uh, Philly, surprisingly, more towards the middle of the pack than you'd expect. Same with my Padres. Um, 
But that's I, I think those are reflections on the whole the staff as a whole. Um, let's let's finish off the pitching because well, the well, who won that? I won that. I think you win that. I mean, the Dodgers had a two seven five team ERA that, that you really can't argue with that. I mean, even even if you bring in some more innings, which a couple rotations have, uh, you really Houston would be the only team that could give you an argument on that, and nobody, yeah, nobody none of us selected them. I drafted their outfield in DH, so I couldn't take the pitching. Um, BBD's got some some. Is this F WAR stats, BBD, or is it B WAR? These are B WAR uh, added to one of our docs. Um, but yeah, just looking at the sorted, like Dodgers are just like they're unlike the the line that shows the trend. Like they'd be way above that. They're they're off the map. Love that. They're like two above for me. the next team. It's me. Uh, Mets was a good pick. BBD. I think they were the first pick of the draft, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Hey, you shot your Part shot. A little bit of uh, like what teams have. Well, because we have the rules, like you can't repeat teams. It's like Mets only group I wanted. I would have considered picking from them going into the year was pitching. Right. Like Dodgers, you'd be happy to end up with any of theirs. The uh, the relievers. I think we wrap up the pitching because the. The infield and outfield gets a little more conversational. Uh, the bullpens that were selected, BBD took the Braves, Trevor took the White Sox, Jimmy took the Rays, and I took the San Francisco Giants. Um, fell in love with them last year. Uh, Are you still in love? I'm not still in love. <laughs> you know I love uh, Camilo Doval. Um it wasn't – I thought they found the sauce last year. Uh, their their bullpen stats were there. This year, I I think very middle of the pack, and, and even that can be complimentary. Uh, although my guy Doval did it, not a lot of guys really had special seasons out of that bullpen for them. Uh, and Trev, I guess, you know, while our, we're chopping ourselves down, uh, you took the White Sox and their – their bullpen was not not it this year. I don't think it was. They, they had some ups and downs. Uh, the one thing that I liked about their bullpen, again, was just depth. thought everything was great with that. And I think immediately after we had this draft, I think Crochet uh, got hurt for the year. So Liam Hendricks has had some up and down, ups and downs, uh, 33 saves on the year, 302 ERA. Uh, Graveman's again kind of been up and down. He's had some good streaks there. Ronaldo Lopez has been good, you know, and some guys who I didn't even know. Jimmy Lambert's had a, a really solid year, and Aaron Bummer, who I thought was going to be a great addition, has been good. So I'm I'm happy with it. I, I guess they hadn't racked up the same amount of war as you know some of the other bullpens, but I thought it was a smart decision. Then. Uh, BBD and Jom. Jom's logic was pretty safe and smart. Mm-hmm. He knew he was taking from the minute the draft started. He was going to take the Tampa Bay Rays because for a position that's as volatile as one is in baseball, the Rays find pitching. Uh, their relievers pitched some of the most innings in baseball, uh, which I, I think that should be considered. They did pitch the most innings, 650 um, and it's kind of funny, the teams after the Rays aren't really good teams. Uh, the Cubs, the Twins, the Pirates, Texas, uh, because those teams had to unfortunately go to their bullpen early. The Rays like 
to use their bullpen. So I, I think hmm. you get some innings credit there, and the Rays just always seem to find guys that get out. Um, and I, I think where it could be an interesting discussion a little bit is uh, BBD took Atlanta. Their team ERA is 305, Mr. Worldwide, uh, which is the third best in baseball behind Houston and the Dodgers. The Dodgers just have a pitch. Both of those teams have pitching factories. Like, we found we found the common trait. Um, By war, Dodgers, number one starting bullpen, number two, re- or starting war, number two reliever war. Um, pretty unreal. So that's what, a good combo. What they do in that city. Uh New York, Cleveland, uh, they, they definitely deserve some love. I, I love the guys in the back end of, of Seattle. But and, and just to compare contrast, Tampa Bay Rays have thrown about 143 more innings than Seattle's bullpen. That's crazy. Um, and Houston, partly by strategy, and maybe this ties into everything, they've thrown the least innings pitched out of the bullpen, uh, but with the lowest DRA. So I, I think there's a mix of... Being fresh, being available, and just being a really good organization. But uh, Trev, I, I know you like to announce a winner because we are uh, America. Uh, I think it comes down to Braves versus Rays. Man, it's funny because I've you know the Braves have had questions about their closer uh, right. Kenley, and Rays are just oh man. It, I mean, by by B War here, uh, BBD has racked up eight point five compared to John's seven point seven. So I, I think I'm just going to go with that. I told people not to worry about Kenley, and you know their bullpen will be a strong point for them. He's a streaky dude. Yeah, and I mean they, you know, AJ Minter deserves to be talked about. Uh, Colin McHugh, and man, oh man, as we're starting to really put together our playoff picture, whoever kicks to the bullpen for the Braves, like, they have the starting, they have the relieving. Same with those Los Angeles Dodgers, like, uh, and by the way, the Houston Astros uh, continue to be towards the top of the list. It starts to make a lot of sense why we're always talking about these teams and why we're probably going to be talking about them for the next month or so. Um, with that, let's go to outfield and DH, uh, mm. the DH, this was the first year in the talking baseball draft that we, I, I think we fully lumped it because everyone was going to have a DH. Um, so the outfield DHs that were selected, BBD took his Phillies, Trevor took the Astros, Jamalama Ding Dong took the Yankees, and I took the Halos. Uh, the only Angels unit that was selected. I I will defend myself at first. I said, give me Mike Trout and Otani. I'll figure out the rest. There is a bonus piece in figuring out the rest with Taylor Ward, who's put together a really nice year. He's going to be like a three-war guy. Um, he, he's done. Uh, he did his part. Left field had still... Uh, or that. That third outfield spot had been missing from the Halos this year, but Trout ended up doing his thing. Otani ended up doing his thing with the T-Ward kicker. Jimmy O'Brien took the Yankees, and guess what? That Aaron Judge guy being at about 10 war himself, that's a pretty nice piece to the puzzle. Um, and they've, they've gotten some different contributions from guys 
in different parts of the season, whether it's a Benintendi briefly. Heck, I think Matt Carpenter got some right fields uh, going on. Uh, the Astros, Trevor Plouffe, you selected them. Uh, and, man, do the Astros know how to do it. Kyle, Kyle Tucker uh, continues to do it year in, year out. Jordan Alvarez. Uh, even they lost Michael Brantley, but he did contribute earlier in the year. Uh, and BBD's Phillies, uh, interesting, because Harper has been good, and he's been there. It turned into their DH for most of the season while he was out there. Um, and well, just missed so much time. And Kyle Schwarber hitting home runs. Castellanos uh, got off to the slow start this season. BBD, I don't want to... I feel bad starting here, but I do think the it's Phillies not. are outgunned in this category. It seems like a clear outlier among the teams here. Even my Halos, as I, I can defend a, you know, if we ended up drawing up lineups, which I, I think we could, I would still really love to have uh, Trout, uh, Otani, even Ward uh, in there. But what the Yankees and the Houston Astros do... Um, both these teams are right around 15.3 war um, or, or 15 war. What, what do you think, Trev, if you, had to, if you had to look at those two teams? I, I remember the Matt Carpenter craze. I really <laughs> like that for you guys this, year, this, uh, this season. Um, the reason I went with the Astros was Jordan Kyle Tucker and Michael Brantley, their center field spot was always going to be interesting for me. And we talked about that with the Astros. Like, they haven't been able to fill that the way they've been able to fill the rest of their team's positions. Um, but with the season that Judge is having, I think I'll give that one to the Yankees. I think so. I think I think that like takes takes over for me. Yeah, it's it's interesting. The Astros they traded to Trey Mancini, who's been playing some outfield. Uh, yeah. Ch- Chaz McCormick in center, and a and a couple other guys hopping in. Uh, the Yankees. I mean, it <laughs> it's so funny how different elements of the season change. They, uh, I mean, they traded for Andrew Benintendi and Harrison Bader. So that's that's something we obviously didn't know coming into the season. You couldn't couldn't predict it at all. Started the year with Joey Gallo. Uh, who's now on the Dodgers? Oh man! Right, uh, the the whirlwind that can be baseball, um, is is pretty pretty nutty. Uh, some other teams that I saw racking up uh, different different war. I just clicked away. Braves outfield has to be up there. Braves with Michael Harris Jr. Uh, I mean, jumping into the equation uh, and who he is. Uh, let me see. Uh, the Dodgers are always good at everything, uh, per usual. Um, let's see. The Mets, a, a lot of Mets yeah. racked up um, war from some, di- mm-hmm. some different positions. Toronto. Um, and then Seattle, I mean, Julio carried a lot <laughs> uh, by himself. But he, uh, you know, surprisingly, Jesse Winker and Mitch Haniger out for most of the season that you know, they, they had guys playing out there, but compared to some of those other teams, they, they got outgunned a little bit. <laughs> um, we'll give it to Judge. Let's give everything to Judge. Teaser for later in the episode. Well, the way we're going about this, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure there's going to be a clear winner here. I think what we need to do maybe is let's make some graphics here with our teams' yep. faces on them, four slides, 
and send it out to social and say, who do you guys, what team would win? That's kind of how I'm like thinking of it as far as like the winners here. I want like, I want my whole team out there right? and together whose unit is the best right now. We're kind of going over some of the individual numbers, which I guess, you know, helps out with that. But I want, I want people to like see the faces. It gets, the, the it gets so messy. Like does Ben and get left field for the Yanks. Can he be played out there for his, <laughs> his 15 games? I have no idea. I have no idea, but that's okay. why we love sports. Uh, the final thing to calculate, infield plus catcher. BBD took the Twins. Trevor took the Blue Jays. Jimmy took the Dodgers. I took the Atlanta Braves. The biggest miss of probably this whole thing in St. Louis, you probably could have gotten a shout-out for ah. some, some outfield stuff too. That St. Louis Cardinals infield with Paulie Goldschmidt at first, uh, Nolan Arenado at third, Tommy Edmond wherever you need him, and basically they could have thrown me out there and and they would have run away with this thing. Uh, that Cardinals infield has put together an all-time season. Uh, that being said... Interesting units here because uh, the Twins ended up in an okay place. I mean, Correa, where his season is going to land with Luis Arise. Um, yep. Even, you know, Geo being Geo, like that, you know, that Twins infield was solid. The Toronto Blue Jays, your boy yes. Matty Chapman got it going at some point. I, I love, I love. My Blue Jays infield, okay? Yeah. Alejandro Kirk, 131 OPS plus. Vladdy Guerrero Jr., 819. This is a down year for Vladdy. Think right. about that. 23 years old, 30 homers, 91 RBI, 819 OPS. It's a down year for Vladdy. Yeah. Bo Bichette he's at um, shortstop. He's got it going almost at an 800. He's at 798 uh, OPS with a 126 OPS plus. And Matt Chapman got it going, 120 OPS plus. I mean, these guys... This is my young unit, man. I like mm. this a lot. Mm. That young unit. Uh, the Dodgers, who Jimmy selected, I mean, Will Smith behind the dish, you've been saying lately that he is the best catcher in baseball? Best hitting catcher in baseball. Frederick Freeman, I think you you know his resume. Uh, Trey Turner at shortstop has been mostly Trey Turner. Even Gavin Lux with a kick in the infield. Max Muncy had a slow start to the season. He started to go, um, you know, Justin Turner, depending how you mm -hmm. mix those bodies in there, you'd have to cut cut someone out. Uh, Justin Turner, technic listed as the Dodgers' DH on baseball reference. How about that? Um, He's not. That's Why is that? Yeah, they do it by the games played. I think Muncie might have passed him at third, which which okay. slid him in a, there. There's a little bit of because like they don't let one guy be the person on two things, right? So just the way they auto list. Uh, and then my Atlanta Braves, um, you know, the catching position ended up being really good for them between Darno and Contreras. Uh, Matt Olson, date my daughter. The numbers were in a better place. They're still in a really good place, but like like you said for Vladito, I think it's slightly down for Matt Olson. Ozzy missed a lot of the season, but some of the guys filling in uh, had been pretty good for them. Dan's Bay has had a massive mm. year, and he's about to collect some serious money. 
And how about Young Thick, man? Uh, there was a while where he was kind of pushing Goldschmidt for the MVP. Uh, that conversation, I think, has come down, but 889 OPS, he leads the National League in total bases. Uh, so I, I'm pretty happy with my Brave selection. Uh, for me, BBD, not to slight you again, Jays Dodgers Braves feels a little bit like pick your favorite ice cream flavor. Hard to go wrong. Defend like myself a little. I think in the moment, because it was the final pick of the draft, I said, well, let's pick let's pick a fun twist here. Doesn't change what I picked, but I think right. I think in real time I said like if I'm going for the best team, I'd pick I think Cardinals were among the teams I said I'd go for. Uh, but the but last pick of the draft, I knew I could take the twins and have fun and and twist the knife on people with infield picks. Mm. But yes, you guys. I gotta be, I gotta be honest with you guys. We got, went over all of our squads here. Sure. I think me and Jimmy would have a wow a matchup, and you two guys are on the outside looking in. Wow. Um. I mean, I I see your argument, and I don't have a great one against it, unfortunately. But give me Trout and Otani with that Braves infield, and we'll figure it out, man. I'll run the simulation. Camilo Duvall, two innings out of the pen. My I need outfield. the graphic. I need it on social. Put it out. Leave your comments. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, there some it, the Yankees infield ended up looking pretty good. Trevino with the all-star year behind the dish. Rizzo. Uh, Glaber season on the whole looks pretty good. And then uh, Donaldson, DJ actually racked up some more and IKF at shortstop. Um, so I, I guess let us know the Padres with Machado and Cronenworth and Kim uh, racked up some more. First base was a, a bit of a, a black hole for them for a chunk of the season. They never got that Tatis guy back. So I, I guess where we leave it, because when, uh, I, well, I'll let you go as well, Trev, but. Obviously, there's some opinions uh, and war and F war and B war, which gave us some different numbers along the way as they as they love to do. Um, definitely sound off in the comments when we make the graphic and on this video. Uh, maybe some units you thought we missed. I, the Mets should have got some more love along the way in this uh, between Alonzo and where you slot McNeil, Lindor at shortstop. Um, they they racked up some big points this year. So I, I don't know anything else you got, Trev. I think it just goes to show you, um, especially, you know, we go over every single roster before the year. These rosters are constantly in a state of flux and, and um, we've seen teams be pretty aggressive at the trade deadline and themes are teams are looking different. Um, but in saying that it's the teams that can do both can acquire guys and develop guys that usually end up on top. But that's kind of what you see, you know, with the top organizations and the top positional units is teams that develop and acquire guys. And I, before you start yelling, there's a couple teams that I think deserve little, not little shout outs, full blown shout outs, Seattle Mariners, uh, Cal rally, Ty France, uh, our guy, JP Crawford and your boy, Eugenio Suarez put together a nice infield season this year. Um, who else was I looking at? The Texas Rangers. Nate Lowe, Jonah Hyde, yeah. uh, Seager, yep. and Simeon ended up going later in the season. And the Cleveland Guardians uh, between Rosario, um, 
Ramirez, Jimenez, uh, even Naylor at first. His, yep. his numbers have come down back to earth. So uh, definitely wanted to show some love to those units. And let us know. We definitely missed a couple. Um, give them some love in the comments. An- another Cleveland shout-out, which I don't believe we hit during outfield. They are by B-War, the number five outfield. How about so. that? Quan. Their bullpen's been uh, Cleveland's bullpen has been electric team. over the second half. Their pitching staff has been great. Yeah, I mean that's the reason they're ten games up in the AL Central right now. They clinched. Were Roman ready for mm. this season? And I hope their season doesn't prematurely end. If you're going to the bedroom ready to play a full nine innings, and you're getting banged in the top of the first, and it's over. Maybe you want to try some Roman swipes. Uh, And Trev, let me read to you the instructions. Remove the disposable swipe from its discreet pocket-sized pack. Wipe on the most sensitive parts of your penis. If you do that, there's a Roman study that says, proven to increase time to O by more than 4X. How how about that? Uh, safe, effective, and no prescription needed. I always think it's interesting they say no scent or taste. Huh. Try today for as little as $2.75 per swipe. You will get 20% off your first order at GetRoman.com slash talking today. That's GetRoman.com slash talking for 20% off. If this is something you're dealing with, people, why not? Give it a shot over at GetRoman.com. Slash talking 20% off. Have you used it yet? I have one. Um, I'm just ra- waiting for the right moment, you know? You need some waiting time. The invite. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh. Got to clear out a block of your schedule. You know, ba- there's baseball season and there's fucking season. Uh, and we're almost there. We're almost there. Breeding season. Mine always coincide. World Series <laughs> sweep, please. Uh, Trevor, <laughs> let's do, uh, and we can do this pretty tight uh, because this is more so checking in on ourselves and we'll, we'll get the final total for everyone. But also a favorite of ours at the start of the season is doing the team profile and projections, the over-unders to start the years. Uh, and... And with that, we all pick our over-under from DraftKings. And, you know, it's just a funny exercise to see where we all line up and what smells funny, what smells smells off. Um, So with that, let's let's go through it. Um, The Atlanta Braves, uh, they are on pace to win 100. They have 196. Their over-under was 90 and a half. We all took the over, and we were all right. Snaps for us, a fantastic job. Uh, Trev, where we're going to end up looking foolish for a second, your Los Angeles Dodgers, you and I straight overthought it, right? Um, just, Just straight disappointing. We thought that division would be tougher between the Padres and the Giants, right? Remember, they were, they were such a crucial aspect to this division. They did not have it this year. We went under 97.5. Point to John Boy. 
Yeah, I mean, we we said they're going to win 95, 96 games. They're going to win the division. We just thought, you know, back-to-back 100-win seasons like that didn't seem possible with the, you know, extra competition in the division. But it doesn't matter. The Dodgers don't care who they're playing. So that's good. And John even said 100-plus wins. He, over-under was 97 and a half. He said they're going to win over 100 games. He added a little juice to he it. He was a believer. He had it. They They know what they're doing over there. Uh, one that is going to be a fun one for us to track. The Toronto Blue Jays over-under is 92 and a half. They are sitting at 87 and 67 as we record this. They're on pace for 91 and a half wins. If they finish 6-2, and two, they will hit the over, which we all selected. If they do any worse than that, we will be out. Uh... The dot, uh, the Blue Jays, uh, interesting. Like they, it just felt in the middle of the season they were missing one more win streak, and and that yeah. didn't happen. But maybe they're about to finish strong. They've been they've been like a, a middling team, not a middling team, but a team that hasn't had that one huge month. And I, I keep saying they're going to find it. And if they do, at this time, this is a team that can make a deep postseason run. The White Sox and Red Sox are both going to be the under. We all took the over on the White Sox. We're not talking about them. You know what happened. Me and Jimmy took the over on the Red Sox. We were sniffing maybe some Boston magic. Trevor, you took the under. You told Will Middlebrooks they'd be 500. (laughs) You were wrong. They will be under that. Uh, And you will be the only person to get a point from one of the Sox teams. This is where you're going to feel foolish. The next one here. We go to the Houston Astros. The over-under was at 91 and a half. We scoffed at that. Jimmy and I bet the over. And Jake, you, for some reason, decided you wanted to go under. I don't know if you have an explanation, but you're wrong. I know. Because they are on pace for 106 wins. I think I might have even bet them on this over. So I'm I'm a little flabbergasted at this. I I know I was buying into the, the Mariners and maybe I... I I bought some angel stock, so yeah, this was me being a dreamer, and it's just as wrong as you can be. You're buying angel stock pretty hard preseason, plus uh, yeah. Rangers. We thought would would put a cut into their into their. They'd add a lot the more. The division wins this will year. get better. Shut up, Jake. That was that's as bad as it gets. I'm disappointed in myself. Um, Let's see. So we have a list of teams up in the air, and then pretty much everyone else um, is sorted. So the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, they have to go 3-7 and seven the rest of the way to hit their over-under of 85.5. We all took the over, so let's root for the Phillies to not finish 3-7 and seven the rest of the way, which they should not. So we're, we're still feeling good about that. If there is a Phillies collapse... We will not be happy. Just so you know, they've gone three and seven in their last ten games. But they got that out of the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Tampa Bay Rays are a very interesting one. They need to go six and three the rest of the way to hit their over of eighty nine and a half. Me and John were on the under. Excuse me, John was on not the over is how he listed it. And you were on the over, Trev, so that's going to be a divisive one the rest of the way. They're just 
a better than 90 win team year in and year out. That was my only thinking of all of this. Yeah. Uh, we will look good on the over for the Mariners. They need one more win to get over 83 and a half. John took the under. He did want it to be noted that we've been agreeing too much. Um, so unfortunately that part doesn't matter when, when you bring up your ticket, uh, to get paid on that. So I'm happy for us. The Mariners really started going after their slow start. Uh, they're a good ball club. The San Diego Padres need to go four and five the rest of the way to hit their over of 88 and a half. They're on pace for 90 wins. I was the, or no, excuse me, Trev, you and I were on the over. James was on the under there. Uh, so he will be rooting for the Padres collapse. And then the team that is now, you know, a part of your dreams and nightmares and might need to do this to make the playoffs, Trev. The Milwaukee Brewers need to go 7-2 and two the rest of the way to hit their over of 88.5, which we all took. So it's interesting because that's this is we're recording this on Tuesday, right? So that's 7-2 and two mark. That is the mark that they can go and Philadelphia can finish 5-5 five and five in their last 10 and Milwaukee will be in the playoffs. So if they, I mean, they have to do this for us. They have to do that for themselves. Um, if Philly plays 500 ball the rest of the way, five and five, they'll have to go seven and two. So we're rooting for it. Or are we rooting for it? I don't know anymore because I yeah. I want to see the Phillies in the playoffs too. Craig Tember, get it going, Milwaukee. Uh, you're a couple of teams that have exceeded they're over under total. How about the New York Yankees and the New York Mets? Uh, Mets were at 90 and a half. Yankees were at 91 and a half. Both have already cleared that. Um, I didn't. I, I had both of those. Trev, you had the under on both? I did. I actually had the over on the Mets first, and Jimmy tried to convince me otherwise, and I ended up changing it to the under, which is tough. Buck Showalter. Uh, the other teams that have taken the over, the St. Louis Cardinals are going to clear it by about 10 wins. The Guardians are going to clear it by about, not a math pod, 15 wins or so. Uh, they were one of the breakout teams this year. The Colorado Rockies are on pace to clear. They need to go 4-5. and five. This is going to be a tight one. The Rockies That's our were, best one, baby. Let's go. The Rockies were 68 and a half, and we all took the over. Why did we all agree? We, Why? Because the Rockies won games last year, and then they added Chris Bryant. Still doesn't make a lot of sense, but we did it. And here we are, people, rooting for the Rockies to go four and five. The, the, Ar the, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, they cleared their over-under total, and so did the Baltimore Orioles. They both cleared them by a lot. Happy for those teams. I mean, the Orioles are on pace for 84 wins. Their over-under was 62.5. Incredible stuff. Uh, and teams that are most likely already sad. Pittsburgh Pirates, under. Oakland A's, under. Texas Rangers are under unless they go defeat undefeated the rest of of the way. Miami Marlins will be under. The Nats will be under. The Angels will be under. Oh, God. Angels. 
The Twins have to go undefeated the rest of the way to hit their over. Same with the Cubs. We're going to assume those are going under. Kansas City Royals, San Francisco Giants, Detroit Tigers, and your Cincinnati Reds will all be under what their expectation was this year. So uh, we will double-check and get you the final numbers uh, on who's got it right, who's got it wrong the rest of the way. But uh, I don't know. It's, it's funny to check in with that week left, and you, you get these flashbacks to, you know, the Tigers had some young hope to start this season. Mm-hmm. And um, truly what the Guardians did this year. Um, you know, Vegas doesn't joke with their money. <laughs> uh, and they projected the Guardians to be a 76-and-a-half win team. Uh, and they're going to win 90 probably. So that's pretty cool. It happens. And these are fun bets. Like I think next year I'll when this comes out, I'll take a look at the board before we do this episode. And I want to pick one that we actually all go and, and and put a sizable bet on. I mean, I locked in Maybe those RBI total again. That was nice. Locked in St. Louis Cardinals. Um and I locked it in at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Um they still have some sports. Oh, they always have sports bets going. NFL, baseball, we're about to talk about some baseball award seasons where you can still play some cheddar. Uh, And if you want to go the NFL route, you know, Sunday, veg out, place a couple. $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. They got their same game parlays, which are super easy and fun to do. Download the DraftKings Sports app now and use promo code JOHNBOY to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any foosball game. That's code JOHNBOY, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Let me take this show over, bro. Yep. Our boy, Kenny Rosenthal, and we do love Kenny Rosenthal. He's been a nice friend to us. I tend to like what he writes, what he talks about. Um, He put out an article on September 19th talking about how there are some really difficult decisions that voters are going to have to talk about. And the way he kind of framed it was everyone's talking about Judge and Otani and the AL MVP. But he said there are some decisions that are tougher than that, in his opinion. And he ranked them from easiest to hardest decisions to make. So I'll kind of run through what he said. And then what I challenged Jake and BBD to do was let's take those bottom three, mm. the hardest ones he has, and let's just let's just do it. It ain't that hard, right, people? So we're going to do that. The easiest vote that Kenny says is the NL Cy Young. He talks about Sandy Alcantara and the innings that he's the innings lead that he has on the rest of the league plus the sheer dominance i think he has five complete games on the year which is just incredible in a time where that does not happen anymore and i also agree with him vegas agrees with him um as well right now he's minus 1000 um in vegas with Zach Gallon and Urias behind him at plus 2000 plus 2500 so i agree with Kenny here uh, do you guys have any objection to that no it's uh you know, I was rooting for Julio to sneak back in to get you that preseason one, but uh, what Sandy's done this year, the complete games, the innings, it's... it's the unreal. volume ends any fun you want to have with it. 
The next one he talks about is the AL Rookie of the Year, and he says that Julio Rodriguez is the clear-cut winner. I think we're all going to agree with that. Adley Rushman did come in a little late. I believe he made his debut on the 21st, which is actually May 21st, which is actually when I made my debut, which is very nice. Me and Adley together forever in history. I agree with this, and I believe at the beginning of the year, this was going to be a really fun race. We heard about Julio, and you know, we're wondering, like, was he going to start with the team? Ends up happening. Bobby Wood Jr. was supposed to be there. Um, we had some fun guys also in this. Um, not mushrooms, guys on the baseball field. Steven Kwan, you know, put up a nice little rookie season. The Twins had uh, Duran, the reliever, who had an incredible rookie year. Bautista for the Orioles. Uh, the Mariners had another guy in George Kirby that had a great year. But I think the, Ken is right here. Julio is the clear-cut favorite here, and we don't really have to have a debate about this one wish we got another month and a half of Adley to to really have that combo but yeah it's uh it's Julio uh he's uh he is him as the kids say and I'm uh I think I might I might buy a Julio Rodriguez jersey right now that's why yeah uh, next one, he, this is the NL MVP. He talks about Goldschmidt kind of running away with it. I think there is a discussion between Goldschmidt and Arenado. You know, a lot of Arenado's war numbers come from his defense. Uh, Goldschmidt is having a crazy offensive year, um, you know, like leading the league and on base, um, slugging percentage. So he's hitting for average as well. He's just kind of doing all those things that Goldie does. Um, I tend to agree here. I think Goldie probably is my NL MVP. I'm open for discussion on it. Do you guys, are you Arenado truthers or are we sticking with Goldschmidt here? There's a feel to it that, that still comes with this. And like we talked about with war, whether you're talking positions or anything, B war and F war are different. Uh, war isn't everything. It's a nice tool. It's an all encompassing tool. Where Paul Goldschmidt, bleep me, where Paul Goldschmidt's hitting stats are, if this Aaron Judge guy wasn't doing what he was doing, you know, we'd be opening almost every episode with Paul Goldschmidt. I think he's your MVP. Minus 5,000 in Vegas right now. Uh, Freddie Freeman, the next at plus 3,500. Arenado right behind at plus 4,000. So I think we're in agreement there. Yep. NL Rookie of the Year. Now, this is where it starts to get a little difficult. I think we have two guys there on the same team that are neck and neck. We have Spencer Strider. We have Michael Harris. Strider now out probably for the rest of the regular season. We'll see if he can make it back um, for the playoffs. And then, yeah, Michael Harris coming up and doing what he's done in the outfield. I think this is two very compelling cases here. I think when you're up against pitcher versus hitter, and Kenny does say this in his article, I agree with him. I think you got to go everyday player here. I think Michael Harris, day in, day out, showing up on both sides of the ball. We've seen him make incredible highlights defensively. We've seen him mash the baseball. We've seen him have timely hitting. Money Mike, man, I think has my vote here. I tell you what, uh, like even put Michael Harris's stats next to Julio and appreciate what's going on there. Uh, <laughs> he's he's put up similar stats in almost in more than a hundred at bats less than Julio. 
The Strider injury sucks. Uh, I hate it, and I it would make me sad if that is what ends up deciding this, but I also think it is because you're right about the impact of a position player every day. You're out there, offense, defense, all of it. Center field, which we highlight in our all-JM teams. Spencer Strider's best chance would have been what? Two more starts for him to drop another six innings, 14 Ks on us. Against the Mets. And all of us. Take the division lead. And all of us sitting here and being like, well, maybe it is that guy. He set records, which anytime you do that in baseball is nuts. Uh, Harris is special. And how about this? I hope whether Michael Harris is having an incredible final month, like he's had an incredible season. Hopefully he puts a couple cherries on top at the end of this uh, so it so it doesn't feel like the injury just took Strider out of it. But uh, also, funny looking at the Vegas betting sites, uh, on May 3rd, uh, your favorite was Suzuki from the Cubs. Um, he's fallen out of that. And then the flying up to the top then was Mackenzie Gore. And then these Braves guys just took over. It's unreal. Vegas has it minus 350 for Michael Harris right now. Spencer Strider plus 275. Everybody else not even in the discussion. Crazy. We'll end with two here. Two, um, two to end it. Okay. This is Kenny Rosenthal's most difficult decision. And no, it's not Judge and Otani. And yes, that's what we're going to end on. We're going to count to three and say who we think should be the AL MVP. <laughs> The toughest decision the riders have to make right now is the AL Cy Young Award winner. Now, Ken talks about innings being a big reason why Sandy should be, you know, where he's at. And he doesn't like when guys miss time during the year, especially for a starting pitcher. You're only out there every five days. You got to be there for 30 starts. Let's go. Problem is, Justin Verlander's leading the league in everything except innings pitched. So we have a case now. Do you go with Verlander, who's been dominant? Do we go with McClanahan, who's been dominant? Do we go with Cease, who's been dominant? Do we go with Framber Valdez, who leads an innings pitch and set a record for the amount of quality starts in a row? It's a lot of really good pitchers there. And I think this is pretty difficult. And I think I have my guy. But I'll let you guys go first. And I want BBD's take on this, too. Beeps? <sighs> you know, Kenny cited... A big innings difference when Snell won it a few years ago, and uh, when he threw thirty plus, thirty three and a third fewer innings than Verlander in eighteen. Um, and Verlander with with is not far off from some of the other guys we've talked about all year in this conversation. You talk about McClanahan and and Dylan Cease has entered there. He's within ten innings of them, so that's I'm I'm okay with that. But then we we start throwing Framber in. Uh, I know Jimmy likes the the every start reliability, like however many consecutive starts without any blow ups, and Manoa's just been a stud all year, and and he's kind of getting to a point where oh well that number of innings is out there. Who's your guy, BBD? I I think I I think I still lean Verlander. But I don't know if that's just name getting to me. I th- I think under my head, Verlander's my one. If we were doing a, a tiered vote like they do for the real award, I am 
Justin Verlander. Um, I uh, I believe in ERA. I know I know there's more to it than that. Uh, but we also leads in WHIP. Yeah, sometimes you don't need to overcomplicate. You don't need to overcomplicate it. It's one eight two. Um, and I know he missed a couple, but it's really it's not a big enough gap to do that for me. Um, I'm I'm going JV. So I started thinking about this. I love the idea of Framber just taking the ball, giving you a chance to win, a very good chance to win every single time he's out there. He does lead the league in innings pitched right now, 191. Manoa right behind him at 190.2. Biebs is up there, 189. Good for you. And your guy, Garrett Cole. Been a workhorse. You got to love that about him. So I thought about that, and I'm like, you know, JV, you miss some, you miss some innings, bro, 157. Like, that's not enough. But then I realized Justin Verlander is almost 40 years old, so you got to cut the guy a little bit of slack. He is going to win the award. I don't think it's going to be close. Vegas has him right now, minus 1,600. Cease behind him at plus 700, and Framber plus 6,600. I love what Framber's done all, all year. Cease has been absolutely dominant in a way like almost similar to Framber where you're going to have an excellent chance to win every time he touches the ball. You can say the same thing about a lot of these guys, but I think JV kind of has separated himself a little bit, even with the innings discretion. Yeah, he has the storyline too, you know, coming back from TJ. He's Off on the TJ. most dominant team. He's playing for more. I, I, I know this is where our final argument's going to end a little bit, but, you know, Justin Verlander, he ain't emptying the tank in the regular season because he's getting ready to pitch big boy innings in October. So, it's uh, I'm fine with it. the The next crop is really nice. I I do think if there's a firm too, I do think it is Dylan Cease when I look at all those numbers on on paper. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, that that next tier is is pretty stacked. But it's it's Verlander, and I I think he's going to remind us why in October. Last thing we're gonna do, and BBD get the music ready, is on three, Judge Rotani. No words, no explanation. Just give me your pick. Are you ready? I'm ready. Ready. One, two, three. Judge. Jake sucks. Jake sucks. No one's ever done what Otani's done before don't give me this shit i don't know if anyone's done what judge has done before what 65 home runs triple crown in place still they have, have done that <laughs>